COP26 ended just a few days ago in Glasgow. The need to take immediate and affirmative climate action in the maritime industry is more and more apparent. Regardless of our industry, we have a moral duty to act responsibly towards building a sustainable world and ensuring a safe and habitable future for all. As a classification society, BV has a unique position. We help protect life and assets both on and beneath the sea. Our challenge is to protect our blue planet. So much of its future is tied up with the health of our oceans. We depend on them, therefore we must protect them. COP26 was the perfect opportunity for us to learn and share our vision for the future of shipping. Today, I'm going to meet Nick Brown, Brand and Communications Director at Bureau Veritas Marine and Offshore. He was one of the BV delegates at COP26, and today with us he will share his insights on the two-week summit and his views on what comes next. Welcome to the Trustmakers Talk podcast by Bureau Veritas. Hi, Nick. Hi, Alex. How are you doing? Yeah, pretty good. It's been nice to you know have a few days to reflect on what happened in Glasgow. Yeah, I imagine. I'm looking forward to hearing everything you have to share with us. So how was it? How was being at COP26? Well, it was very interesting. The landscape around you know the COP events is very new for us. So it was principally a learning process in many ways. But it was also an opportunity to see a lot of people from our industry and get a feel for and think about how shipping is positioned in relation to the COP process. And it was great to be in Scotland as well, back in Scotland for me. Yeah, I imagine. A bit chilly at this time of year, but uh, still very good. Well, it wasn't too bad. I, I told everyone to take a raincoat and it didn't rain. Okay, <laughs> good. So we'll come to the shipping aspect afterwards. But uh, first of all, I wanted to hear from you, you know, who inspired you the most um, during this uh, COP26? I mean, it's two weeks, so I imagine it must be quite hard to choose. But if you had to really decide who inspired you the most, who would it be? Well, there was so much to inspire us, I think, at, at COP26. Some of the young people we met from school leavers, Vari and Sophie, who spoke at one of our events to a 40-year-old at Glasgow City College starting her career as a deck cadet with the ambition to be a container ship captain. And Michael Parker of Citigroup, the veteran shipping banker, showing such great leadership and wisdom in helping shape shipping's response to the challenge of global warming. He was there with Paul Taylor of Société Générale in the first week, where they both made a real commitment, attending the Ship Zero event where we were participating. And Michael also took the time to attend some other events I was at, and he joined us at the Bureau Veritas Spotlight Series uh, event moderated by the International Forum for the Future on day 12 of COP, where we reviewed what COP means for shipping. Michael's focus and insight after a 40-plus year career as a shipping banker is, is amazingly valuable. So his summing up at our event was impressive, and, and he's really inspirational. He gets you thinking with such optimism about our potential to address, as he stresses, global warming, not just decarbonisation. And related to what Michael Parker said to us, Richard Hickson of NHS Oceans, linking shipping with healthcare was a really insightful contribution into how we can keep populations healthy as well as help save the planet. How did it make that link? He came up with some really good data. 6% of global greenhouse gas emissions are related to healthcare. So it's really important that the whole healthcare process and supply chain also is playing its part. And everything that healthcare uses might come by ship. So, you know, the amount of material and reliance they have on supply chains is a really important part of healthcare. Also, the future health of the oceans is so vital to the future of our ability to keep populations healthy. 
both from a pure environmental and food perspective, but also for you know whatever amazing new technologies and medicines might emerge from greater knowledge of of the seas and and the deep oceans. Yeah, I can see how that would have been really interesting. It's true that it's not necessarily a link that we think of making. And you also um, talked right at the beginning about other people that inspired you. Um, could you tell us a bit more about why they inspired you? Well, I think it was the young people, you know, Vari and Sophie, who are just leaving school. And, and we asked them to tell us about the world they need from us, the people who are trying to change shipping. They were just really honest and very clear about the fact that we need to take action now uh, so that there's a future for them and their children. Right, yeah, a bit sobering in a way, I imagine. So that must have been quite good. Yeah, and, and just great to have young people in the room as well. Yes, absolutely. Intergenerational, I would say, would be a key takeaway then. Well, it's their future we're protecting. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And you also mentioned this before um, in terms of, you know, the summing up. So as far as you are concerned, what were the, your key takeaways from the meetings that you attended? Well, I think one of the important things is there seems to be a really good consensus that shipping's target is net zero by 2050. And I think we all got to look into each other's eyes. And I think we now know that that's a target. Another key takeaway is that carbon pricing is probably going to be a key part of the the incentives that we need to get the changes we require to decarbonize shipping. And the third one is that we really, really need to act very fast. So whilst we also have to focus on the technologies and new fuels that will emerge in the years ahead, we need to take action this year, next year, to start to to find the improvements that are available here today. The low-hanging fruit, as people call it, but also maybe the ripe fruit that's just out of reach and we just need a chair or a stepladder to get it. So operational improvements, for example, that can be captured now and that can also be fed into the future designs that uh, we're going to be developing in the years ahead. Right. Well, since you mentioned the uh, the years ahead and, and, and the shipping industry, so what comes next? You know, what is uh, what is the vision for the future of the shipping industry in the framework of the of the COP twenty six and all the decisions that have been made, the agreements and, and these key, key takeaways? Well, shipping will change. Uh, it's not just a question of injecting a new super fuel. We need to become much more conscious of our total environmental impact and just how sustainable we are. You know, this is about more than global warming fundamentally. It's about total sustainability. So it's about everything we do. And you know, one of the things I've reflected on in recent weeks, having been the Global Maritime Forum as well, just before COP, is that we need to think a lot more about the people in shipping. If we want to change our industry for the better, we need to attract talent. That's easy to say and, and harder to achieve. But I think it's directly related to the level of ambition that we have to change what we're doing. Ambition will attract talent and will also enhance the image of our industry, further enhancing our ability to attract the good and talented people we need to, to develop and shape the shipping industry of tomorrow. But we really need to think about and change some fundamentals in shipping. And how we look at seafaring might be one of those. The pandemic has shown how we were unable as an industry and society to protect the vital workers and the vital work that, that seafaring is. So they need to be at the top of our list, I think. 
Mm-hmm. So this is you were saying this is something you've you've reflected on um, in, in, since COP twenty six. Is this something that was also discussed during the COP twenty six, or that came up in the conversations that you had with people around the COP twenty six? Yeah, it, it it certainly came up in some of the conversations I was in. Um, certainly, I mentioned it, uh, and it wasn't just at COP. I reflected on it. I, I've been involved in the diversity, equity, and inclusion work with the Global Maritime Forum, that's been really inspiring, thinking about how we can create a more diverse, uh, equitable uh, and inclusive uh, shipping industry. And, and fundamentally, you know, I think that all comes down to talent. We want the best people we can get from anywhere and we need to work out how to attract them and help them shape our industry. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And is this part of how BV also, well, Bureau Veritas also sort of fits into this whole conversation? Um, how can BV help? Well, I think certainly, you know, by helping ensure that what we're doing within our own company reflects our ambition for a, a more diverse, equitable and inclusive industry. It, you know, it's pretty hard in technical roles to find, for example, women you know, just the, the pure numbers of female graduates in certain disciplines that we require at the moment uh, makes that difficult. It's something we're working on. But also, I think we know that we're going to need new and softer skills in the future. And there will be new roles to be developed as shipping changes. So, you know, I hope very much that we're going to be able to attract talent from everywhere, really. And it's not just a gender issue, but that's important. You know, we need to be able to make sure we're sourcing talent from the full range of the population. You know, I think having a more diverse employee base just in our own company will, will help us make better decisions and it will change how we work. Yeah, absolutely. I, I believe that too. And moving beyond, you know, the talent and, and the gender balance and everything we've just discussed, what other role can Bureau Veritas have in shaping the future of shipping and making sure that, you know, shipping fits into the... Um, goals set for COP26? Well, you know, at the highest level, our role is to help de-risk technology and help measure progress. We, we provide verification and the independent confidence and trust that we think will help support the transition, the transition, you know, from where we are to where we want to be. Uh, we need to be able to measure that and verify the progress we're making. And I think class societies, you know, Bureau Veritas as well, as part of a much bigger global testing inspection and certification organization is really, really well placed to help provide the services that society needs businesses to be developing that are verified and and trustworthy. So it's all about trust. Right. So I imagine it must have been really key for Bureau Veritas to be at COP26, right, to convey these messages. Well, certainly we decided that we wanted to understand what was going on at COP and, and contribute where we could. You know, as class societies, our initial role was to help insurers understand risk. And this evolved to a focus on safety and then the environment. So understanding the COP process at this really urgent, you know, waypoint in the journey to a a decarbonized, more sustainable planet was a really important opportunity that we wanted to grasp. 
Right. You know, I've seen that um, COP27 uh, next year is uh, is going to be in Egypt, so no need for a raincoat there. But um, in the span of your year, you know, um, do you foresee anything changing in the shipping industry or anything that BV can do in the space of this year to contribute to changes? Well, on one level, we're going to keep doing what we're doing. And definitely decarbonisation is the biggest challenge we're facing. So, you know, we have a whole range of services that are focused on helping ship owners and ship managers, shipyards and everybody in the, the marine value chain work out ways to make shipping more efficient and to reduce emissions. I mean, what's amazing is how fast perspectives are shifting. I can't say what exactly could change in one year. I'd like to be surprised. But I think one of the watchwords is that we need to demonstrate the results that we're capturing. Uh, you know, I think that comes back to, to measuring and verification. You know, I'd really like to see BV get even more involved in, in helping all our stakeholders understand and get to grips with the challenges we're facing and, and help them to measure and verify their progress. Everybody's at a different stage in their journey, I think. You know, nobody's going to be at exactly the same point. Some will be going faster than others. But our role is to, to help our stakeholders wherever they are on that journey from where we are to where we need to be. And... Were there any topics that you didn't see or hear about this year at COP26 that you would like to see featuring in COP27? Not so much they didn't feature, but I'd really like to see uh, a focus on young people, talent, and perhaps the present and future of seafaring. And I'd like to see us talking about shipping to the rest of the world even more. We're really good at talking to ourselves. And I think there was some really good progress made at, at COP26 in terms of shipping's ability especially as evidence during Transport Day, where we were able as an industry to demonstrate some really concrete developments. The first movers, the Clyde Bank Declaration, talking about initiatives such as Green Corridors, to show we're making progress and we're committed. But I think we need to get even better about talking about shipping and, and telling its story and, and communicating the value and the values of the shipping industry. Right. Thanks very much, Nick, for all this. Are there any final insights that you might want to share before we close the podcast for today? Yes. As class societies, our initial role was to help insurers understand risk. And this evolved to a focus on safety and then the environment. BV was one of the original class societies. But today we're about much more than ships. But shipping is in everything that all of us do, all that we need. So as a global testing, inspection and certification company, that has shipping in its DNA, I think we're in a unique position to support the systemic change that's coming our way. I think it makes sense. Thank you, Nick. And um, we are just at the dawn of what will be a major transformation for the shipping industry. The pressure is on and will continue to build up to decarbonize at pace the maritime industry. The upcoming MEPC 77 will be the first test as many stakeholders expect regulators to help them to act fast and at scale. So thanks very much, Nick, for your time and insights today. It's been a real pleasure talking to you today. Thank you, Alex. Great to hear you. And thank you very much for listening to Trustmakers Talk podcast by Viewer Veritas.